Hi, and welcome to the Silverline Podcast, an audio version pulled from the video stream we do a couple of times a week. My name is Roland Mann, and I'm the head honcho at Silverline, where we have a great time making fun comics that we think you'll enjoy. This episode is titled Conventions. It originally aired June 10, 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, for a limited time only, we're limiting time. We could go into it, but we just don't have the time. Anyway, here's Silverline. And are we live? Welcome. Oh, yeah. This this is Sydney Williams, and this is the Wednesday night installment of Silverline Live. And we're always happy to be here with you. Happy to be on Twitch, Facebook. YouTube and probably a, a few other outlets in the ether that we don't know about. Uh, but anyway, we are here after a, a couple minutes delay getting started. We're, we're live tonight and uh, got a good crowd with us of indie comics creators. Uh, and you'll be seeing some uh, hopefully some interesting things to you on screen, some artwork being created. So so comics are being created as we as we speak and while we while we are speaking. Uh, so thank you for joining us and thank you for watching us later on demand if that's how you are partaking. Uh, I was going to say that, uh, you know, we picked a topic to discuss tonight and I was going to say we were going to discuss condom and I realized that's what? probably going to get us kicked off YouTube again. What? YouTube, yeah, they don't like when you talk like that. You <laughs> just just when we get back on YouTube, uh, just when we get back for, back from being banned on YouTube, if I, I say that, it will throw us off. So uh, we are going to be talking conventions tonight, fan oh. conventions, comic conventions, however you want to. Uh, oh, then I need to put these uh, away then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah get those out of here. Get those anymore. out of here, Tommy. Okay, that's uh, okay. Put that. I put that stuff up. Don't, okay, don't now what? Don't want those. We'll, we'll be talking about uh, cons, um, uh, some from fan perspective, some from creator perspective, and uh, hopefully we'll have some insights about how to make a con a good experience if you are a creator and if you are uh, you know, interested in comics and, and interested in uh, approaching uh, comics creators at their tables from all angles. We will try to cover it tonight. So. Uh, so welcome once again. I am Sydney Williams, and uh, my role at Silverline is as a writer, and I have written for uh, various iterations of Silverline comics uh, over, uh, we'll say many years, because it it is many. Uh, I wrote uh, when Silverline was a packager and uh, published things with uh, Caliber Press, Malibu Graphics back in the day, and now Silverline is back and producing new content, and so I'm doing some new writing. I'm also a novelist, and my work has been published by Kensington Books and now by Crossroad Press. Um, if you know Chet Williamson, apparently you can uh, you can get the, the writer, Chet Williamson, you can uh, message him and get a code for uh, a free audio book of my novel, uh, Night Brothers, which Chet narrated, uh, oh. kind of cool. Chet's a novelist, mm -hmm. but uh, also does some narration and is actually a great narrator. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's out there. And uh, uh, my most recent books are Disciples of the Serpent and Dark Hours. And I have a, a novelette in a collection called Cat Ladies of the Apocalypse, which I hope you will check out. So, and there'll be links under us at some point for all that. Uh, and uh, 
Roland Mann, who often hosts and is hosting our Sunday night issue, our iteration, uh, and also a Monday night show called One on One uh, with, with just Roland and one creator. Uh, Roland often uh, calls it the murderer's row. I think I'm going to call it the sofa because we are, uh, <laughs> we are uh, a virtual talk show sofa here, and Tommy is literally on a sofa. Oh, that's so I'm right. I'm going to go down our, uh, our, 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 our folks on the sofa, on the virtual sofa here, and let them tell you who they are and what they do for uh, Silver Line. And Tommy, we will start with you because we're going to go with the order that you're appearing on my screen anyway. Uh, uh, my name is Thomas uh, Floramonte Jr. Um, uh, right now, I am currently inking Trumps uh, for Silver Line. Uh, it's based off of the, the, the card game. Um, but uh, other than that, I've been doing comics for, golly, it seems like for over 30 years. Um, uh, mostly inking, but I do write and draw and color and everything, print, publish, all that kind of stuff. I'm co-owner of the company Kablam, which is a printing company also. Uh, we Be pretty much print. Uh, digital comics yep, printer, yep, right? Yep, yep, uh, yep. Yeah, we're, we're even through all of the COVID stuff, we're, we're still uh you know printing away so it's uh we're still in business is so uh, still doing pretty good but uh yeah right now i'm currently inking uh trumps and i'll we'll be able to see some of the we'll see some of that tonight and it's not it, it is as uh tommy is saying it's about card trumps not any other <laughs> that's right <laughs> gonna make uh make for an interesting hashtag someday when that uh, that comic is finished i think yeah well uh, thanks, Tommy, and welcome. And next on my screen is Scott Wakefield, uh, the uh, Silverline publicist and also a creator. So, Scott, welcome, and uh, tell us what you uh, what you do for Silverline and what you're working on. Well, um, I don't have a a lot to to say because I'm pretty new to all this. But uh, Roland asked me to help because I love what you all have going on with Silverline, and he said, "Hey, we need some publicity help." So I said, I can do that. And I've been uh, trying to head up as best I can with uh, getting the word out there most recently with uh, the Kickstarter campaign that happened and trying to line up uh, appearances for all of you uh, creators and, and so forth. And then uh, I'm currently working on my project that uh, Silverline is going to be publishing called Steam Patriots. And it's a Revolutionary War retelling uh, with, uh, with a steampunk twist. And uh, my, my co-creator, Rory Boyle, I don't, I don't know if he's watching, he's out there. Um, he's helping me write that story, and that'll be coming out in, in four parts. Uh, otherwise, that help out where I can. Did I cover everything? Ah, sounds good, yeah. And uh, uh, Steam Patriot sounds really exciting. That's a great idea. So uh, looking forward to uh, seeing that. Uh, next on the sofa is Jeremy Kahn, uh, colorist. Jeremy, uh, fill us in on what, uh, what you're doing with Silver Line and uh, a little of your background. Uh, my name is Jeremy Kahn, and um, I just recently finished up the colors uh, for the uh, Bloodline comic, um, which should be kickstarting at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, in July, now. I believe. In ah. July, so very soon. You're right around the corner. Yeah. That's news to me, too, so that's good to know. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, well, yeah. And we always, uh, we always say Silverline projects are finished before we kickstart because it's just the, the kickstart is just for the final uh, you know, the final, final to, to uh, um, get it out to everybody. And uh, we uh, should mention that we have a, a recently very, very successful 
uh, Kickstarter with uh, Twilight Grimm and Divinity Number One. Twilight Grimm Number One, Divinity Number One, and uh, went through two or three stretch goals. Uh, yeah, just kept did, uh, going. Very well. uh, really, kind of a powerful, uh, powerful powerhouse of a, 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 a Kickstarter there. Um, well, next up is John Medic the Third. We have Tommy uh, Tommy Junior. I, I am a junior also, and John is the third. Uh, John is a writer with Silverline, and John, fill us in on what you're up to. Uh, what I'm up to is usually getting emails from Roland saying, "Hey, this is due." Uh, so for that, I apologize. Um, I'm a writer and editor at Silverline. I had been self-publishing myself. Uh, since 1999 with some of my characters, Sniper and Rook, who are right behind me here. Um, and I have brought them into the Silverline fold. And in the back of my mind, uh, as I was creating them in the 90s, they were always really part of that universe, even if they hadn't been yet. Um, got a couple other products coming up, um, Sniper and Rook ongoing through Silverline, a couple different miniseries, as well as a team book that will be spinning out of one of the upcoming mini series that we will talk about eventually. So cool, cool, cool. Man, well, good things coming down the road. Glad to have you with us tonight, John. Thanks. Uh, glad to be here. And next on the sofa, as I see it, is Tim TK, the producer and leader of the Silverline Orchestra. Uh, welcome, <laughs> Tim. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us what you do at Silverline. Uh, well, I was going to say I'm the producer slash seducer, but uh, I guess we're not doing that subject anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, I am uh, the producer of the Wednesday Night Show. I am also the associate editor, uh, which just means I, I take over stuff that Roland doesn't want to do. Um, and help run the, our craft series online, which is a monthly blog on how creators make comics. I also help with scheduling and um, the, the blog and all that fun stuff. Uh, I, as an editor and other things, I am working on three different titles uh, on various roles. Uh, each project has yet to be disclosed, so uh, look forward to that in the future. And uh, I, I'm most well known for uh, traditional publishing and prose, uh, well, like you said there. And uh, uh, when you get to paneling, I've actually spent more time on panels as an actor than as a writer, so that'll be uh, my experience. Hey, well, it'll be an interesting, uh, interesting experience. Uh, interesting to hear about those experiences. So cool. Yeah. Uh, next uh, on my screen is Alex, who is uh, muted at the moment. But uh, Alex uh, Penciler, uh, what are you? What are you working on there? And tell us what you do at Silverline, Alex. Uh, well, I'm a pencilist, right? At, pencilist, uh, yeah, pencilist. Comics. Uh, right now, I'm currently finishing up. Cat and Mouse issue three. This uh, you'll probably see these these three panels here in front of y'all get done this stream. Uh, this is page seventeen, so we're in home stretch. And uh, I don't know if we've announced it either, but hopefully, if everything goes to plan, we're looking to uh, kickstart this around September. So keep your calendars ready for that. Right, so so more Cat and Mouse coming. Glad to uh, hear it. Uh, Alex has been, uh, uh, it's Alex Gallimore. Uh, Alex has been a, a recruiter for many artists on Silverline projects as well. And Alex is a, a Kubert School grad. So happy to have him uh, in the Silverline family. Uh, and uh, 
next up, my, my dais has re, dais has recalibrated a bit, but uh, anyway, next up is C. Michael Lanning, who we are, and we're seeing some work of uh, of uh, his on screen now. Uh, but welcome, uh, Chris, and tell us uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing with Silverline. Uh, I'm C. Michael Lanning, and I'm also a pencilist for uh, <laughs> something big with Sydney Williams and. Uh, Becca Winslow inking, and we just got a colorist, so I'm yeah, to move forward. So, and, uh, and that's that's it I, for right now. So. Cool, cool. And that's a that's a page from something big that uh, yes. uh, he, uh, Chris is working or C. Michael is working on here. So, uh, so you you, could, you you will be seeing uh, and something big is one of those that's uh, kind of sort of not disclosed yet, but. Uh, is in the works and you will be seeing it, uh, seeing it take, uh, take shape, a page from it take shape as we, as we talk tonight. Um, well, uh, as mentioned, we said we would be talking about, uh, conventions tonight, good experiences, bad experiences, best practices for conventions. So we will, uh, we'll get started on that and hopefully some good information will, uh, emerge from our collective experience and, and uh, certainly we'll take questions about Silverline projects, comics in general. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of talent here. We've got a lot of varied talent. We've got writers, we've got artists of, uh, that, that specialize in various areas. So, um, so with that uh, in mind, we certainly will welcome questions, and Tim will, uh, I believe, be able to stay on yep. top of, of getting those to us. Uh, uh, all three chats uh, live now, so thank you, uh, Duani, Amy, Cryptid Ninja, Ovin, and John Rowe for uh, chatting with us or so early on. Great, thanks, thanks for having there. Well, uh, I will, I will start by saying, you know, I think the first convention I went to was as a fan uh, with. Uh, it coincided was creation con in Houston, Texas, coinciding with uh, Star Trek two. Uh, and uh, the creation cons were a little bumpy that year. Uh, they were, they're supposed to have like Spock show up and be beamed in and that didn't happen in different things, but it was still a cool experience for me because there was a, a dealer's room. First time I'd ever walked in a dealer's room. There were people there in convention. I can, in costume, so I hadn't seen uh, I hadn't seen cosplay. They didn't even call it cosplay yet at that time. It was just folks dressed uh, up in costumes. Yeah, just then. people in costumes. But like, there was a guy. There was a Batman there. There was a Doctor McCoy there, and uh, I met uh, uh, Caroline Munro, uh, who was uh, making con appearances. She had done, uh, I believe, she had done Star Crash by then. She had done uh, uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, and uh, she and her then husband were stumping for a movie that didn't get a wide release called The Last Movie, uh, although you can you can find it. It's actually kind of a cool little slasher film uh, with a uh, uh, a fan who is uh, is kind of the hero played by Joe Spinell, who was the mic announcer in Rocky. Uh, and they had filmed it uh, at cons using because it was supposed to be about a movie star. So they used cons. And I got to talk to her husband a lot about making the movie and the headaches of the movie. So it was kind of awe inspiring for me, uh, my, my first con experience. And it was several years later before I went as a guest. Uh, but uh, uh goes back a while that I've, I've been around uh, uh, cons and fandom. Um uh, who all uh, in the room has been on panels? John, have you been on panels? Uh, 
at con? No, unfortunately not yet. Uh, usually when I'm at a show, lately I've been flying solo, which we'll talk about with do's and do nots of conventions. Uh, so it's usually harder to get away from the table and do any sort of panels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, cons are not uh, as panel oriented these days. I mean, certainly Comic Con is, but a lot of cons are not as panel oriented. But uh, I think it is great if you get to be on a panel, you get to be on a dais. And uh, I've, I've been fortunate enough to do that uh, over the years and uh, have had you know, a lot of fun doing that. Been on some panels with great people. We'll, we'll talk about brushes with celebrities at cons in a, in a little while. But I've, I've been fortunate to be on cons with, uh, with some great people. And I've been made fun of on panels by some really big names. So, uh, I mean, you know, poke, poke gentle fun at me. So that's always fun. Uh, has any, anyone been a guest and a speaker on a panel besides me? Or, I've I've done a Tommy, few. You've done. I've yeah, done so, a few things at um, um, film festivals. Well, the first thing, the first question I was going to kind of throw out is, uh, you know, what uh, what do you think is great panel behavior? What should you strive for when you're on a panel? And Tommy, do you have thoughts on that? Um, just uh, <laughs> uh, try not to to take over. If for the most part, uh, I've been on plenty of panels where. You know, you have some of the other, uh, mostly, you know, I'm on comic panels where the, there's lots of other artists, of course. And they've they, been on quite a few where they just completely take over and they don't let anybody else talk. Um, those are those are the ones. That, and then you you can you can see the other people up there just like, you know, the, this, this one guy won't let us say anything. Our girl or whomever. Yeah, I'm not mentioning any names. But, uh, <laughs> Specific Marvel employee. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, this guy did work for Marvel, the one <laughs> that I'm talking about. But uh, no, I've been on uh, a few where they're uh, just let everybody talk. That's one of the things. You I mean you you need to get your your stuff out, but just don't, uh, you know, like me, like I'm rambling on now. Just well, don't well, do that. <laughs> and I'm letting you. I'm letting you. I'm not being a good moderator. I should have cut your mic off five minutes. Ago. Yeah, you should have. No, uh, <laughs> but um, but you know that brings up a, a good point. Most creators are introverts. I think, you know, because we sit at computers and we, we pour over tablets and things all day, you know, that's, that's what we're comfortable with. That's why this is our work. And uh, uh, we, we often are very quiet and uh, assertiveness is a learned behavior. But I think, uh, you know, anybody thinking about going out to cons, being on, uh, on panels and everything, needs to practice assertiveness because you need to be ready to, to elbow your way in sometimes. You got to be a salesman. Yeah. There are going to be, there are going to be people that will walk over you at cons. See, I've got a bad behavior experience question too, that we'll get to, but, but yeah, there, there are always going to be people on the dais that are, are, are um, uh, uh, one up playing the one up game or, or just being, gregarious boisterous because it gets them noticed and so uh if you're a quiet uh quiet person then you need to you know practice so that you can can be that too and and, and get your uh get your, your your project out speak about your project speak about your ideas uh years and years ago i was at a coast con and uh the the late sadly the late john steakley who uh wrote vampires uh and uh armor two great uh well one a horror science fiction i guess and one a science fiction novel 
John, John's uh, parents, uh, our father was a, uh, a used car salesman, I believe. I think C. Dean Anderson told me that once, the novelist C. Dean Anderson. Uh, but John was the Toastmaster or whatever, and they introduced me, and the scary book was out then. And he said, now, what was your book again? I said, the scary book. He said, the scary book, you say. And he, he said, you got to do this. Keep saying your title or whatever. And I think that's a, a good thing to, uh, to remember. Um, if you are uh, on a panel, and especially if you're on a panel with uh, a, a gregarious person or, or one of those people like Tommy's talking about that, uh, that overwhelms. Well, uh, anybody been an audience member at a, a, a panel where something like that happened? Any? Uh... I can't say that I have. Um, the, in terms of being an audience at like a Comic-Con or even a, a publishing convention, um, there is kind of a, a noted difference, I feel like, when you get to a... Um, collaborative panel where everyone has worked on the same project uh for me it's been on a, a film panel being as a, an actor uh but i guess if you were to go to uh when they do these large sort of combined graphic novel panels where they have the project lead and then the artist the inker all other stuff the creator is always going to get more time uh for film it's director for graphic novels probably the uh lead writer uh, just because it's always marketed as their creation, despite it yeah. being very collaborative. Very collaborative, yeah. So uh, there is always that little <laughs> bit of having to nod your head and work under that while still getting your two cents in. Uh, I will uh, I'll throw out a piece of advice, and uh, I was hoping the name of the author was going to come back to me. Uh, and you keep seeing me look this way because I'm going, I've got a book by him over there somewhere. It's a gentleman that's passed away. But when I had sold my first novel, I had a long conversation on the phone with him. And uh, uh, we were talking about panels and cons and things. And he had just started going to cons. But he said, really, you know, I don't try to say the most profound thing I can come up with on a panel or anything. He said, I try to be funny at least one time so that they remember me. And uh, if you can, uh, you know, have uh, something funny to say often, that's a, a, you know, a nice contribution to a panel, break the, break the uh, tension a little bit or whatever. But yeah, great point, uh, Tim, about um, collaborative panels. That is great when it is your team and you're part of the team. And, uh, and, and, and the whole table is made up of people that worked on the same thing. That's a, a fun experience. Uh, worst panel experience. Uh, Tommy, have you had, uh, other than, you know, just people talking over you, any other bad, uh, you know, like bad a, a personal experience? thing? It's, uh, yeah. I've said this, you know, many times in, in these, uh, streaming that we're doing here is I, I forget people's names a lot. Uh, that's that's my my worst uh, thing. I usually keep a little notebook to the side, and even when I when I go on panels, I will write stuff down. Especially if it's a panel where it's it's not like uh, Tim was talking about, where it's a uh, you know we're trying to push a book, or like if I'm uh, with my business partner and we're talking about Kablam printing, where you know I don't have to remember anybody's name. But if it's you know you get up there and they'll go, well, who who was your uh, you know who was your, some of your influence? You know who who who, you know, what did you, you know, where'd you get your style from? Who did you like? And all that kind of stuff. And I'll go, 
well, it was that Spider-Man book. You know, I really, I, I forget <laughs> names. So those are my embarrassing things is I don't remember people's names. I just, for some reason, unless I talk to you, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight times, I, even though I may have read a hundred of your books, I don't remember names. I've, I've inked people before that have come to the table <laughs> and they go, hey, Thomas, you inked me on this thing. And I'm like, yeah, who are you? It was number issue number seven. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I, I don't remember the person's name. That, those are my embarrassing, yeah. the, the bigger but embarrassing things. As I was forgetting the author's name a while ago, now I have remembered it. It was Rick Oh, oh there you go. So, yeah, I would have. Should have should have written it down ahead of time, um, but yeah, I have to write everything. Certainly, down. having the the names written down of the people that you're on the panel, so that you don't go. That's absolutely right, Roland. Oh, I think you're all oh, the no, time. Tommy, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. What happens it's, on I'm panels? Bad. Uh, happens, oh, terrible. Um, it's a lot of you and him and that guy over there and that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, you know, bad, and I'm getting good friends with these people, you know, and I just can't, I, I yeah, blank on that you, kind of thing. You lose it. Well, you lose it when they, when it's, when the crowd comes in, when the camera comes on or, oh, I or just whatever. Blank. I just totally blank. Yeah. I don't know what it, it. Uh, in addition to people being, you know, overly gregarious on panels or, or, or self-aggrandizing because that's, you know, we're there to pimp our work. Uh, you know, of course, yeah. uh, everybody's going to be self-aggrandizing, but but there can be bad behavior. And uh, I thought I'd tell a story uh, uh, is actually, you know, really silver line related, uh, interestingly, or, or silver line adjacent. I was on a panel uh, and I, I think this was probably at the Dallas Fantasy Fair uh, years ago. And I was on uh, the panel with several people, and uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, I was going to be doing some comics with Silverline, and this guy next to me goes, "Oh, Silverline, I can tell you some stories about Silverline." I'm going, it's like Roland, and it was, uh, you know, Roland, Mitch Bird, and uh, Stephen Butler were, you know, uh, you know, always at tables together. I'm going, I know all these guys personally. What stories do you have? Yeah, and, this you know, isn't the place. Uh, but he does right. that. He does that stunt. You know, I'm going, well, what is the deal? And I see him later in the dealer's room. And I catch him. He's going, look, I really got to get somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but well, what do you know about Silverline? You know, I'm, I'm writing some projects for him. He goes, oh, Silverline? Oh, maybe I was mistaken. Yeah. Oh, now that we're not yeah. in front of the crowd, you're mistaken. You wanted to be like this in the know guy and stuff like that. So, yeah, so you do have that kind of. Grant. Yeah. That kind of creator out there, which you have to, you have to watch for, I think, and uh, be prepared for that kind of thing. And uh, you know, I think maybe turn the tables, put them on the spot. Oh, really? What do you know? In front of this audience, <laughs> where it would be slander if you <laughs> if you continue. Uh, well, um, we all, I think, everybody here has been. Uh, in a dealer's room at a uh, at a booth uh, and uh, that's the other side of things we had a great conversation uh, one night when Brent was remembering uh, uh, Silverline's table at uh, Daytona Beach uh, a few months back when you could still have cons and, and go out to to things like cons and he, he noted that John did a great at the table pitch for his work uh, John, what do you try to keep in mind when you're sitting at a table and you have guests uh, and uh, uh, casual observers walking by? What what's what do you try to do to to rope them in? You know, I uh, kind of like you were saying, the introverted type. 
So in my day job as an educator, teacher me or dean me, assistant dean me, kind of has the go-getter. But even with comic me, I kind of find myself kind of pulling back a little. Uh, But what I try to do is remember how I felt on the other side of the table. So if somebody's walking by and I try to get their attention, I don't want to rope them into a 10-minute talk that you can tell they don't want to be in. Um, I definitely always look for the subtle cues, the nonverbals, whether or not they're interested. But now let's get the people that are interested. Um, short sales pitch. Kind of let them know what the book is about. Um, Sniper and Rook, for example, is an action-adventure comic book. Uh, Sniper and Rook work for the U.S. government, doing the missions that only they can do to keep our country safe. Um, kind of the short pitch. Then one thing that I heard years ago that seems to work pretty well is put the product in the person's hand. If it's in their hand, and if you hand it to them to look at, uh, they're more inclined to flip through and maybe see something that they like. So when I'm giving them the short pitch, I I give them a copy of the trade paperback. On the back, which has more of an introduction to the series, two paragraphs, something short for them to read, get a little bit more in case I kind of stumble through my pitch. Uh, and then that way it can kind of lead to some conversation. Uh, so those are kind of some of the things that I do, you know, the plan pitch. Um, I, the other thing that I also do throw in, if there's anything that I could tell about the person, um, if they have like a t-shirt that is something similar to a character that appears in my book, or if it'd be a similar type of thought, or um, I also do bring in like media references so things I've said for Sniper and Rook in the past is like, if you like anything from, you know, Bond to Jason Bourne to Mission Impossible movies, if you like anything from TV's Chuck to Burn Notice uh, or last season's Whiskey Cavalier, you find yourself right at home with Sniper and Rook. So those are a couple of the techniques that I use to get, this, uh, to get the people interested and to get a brief idea as to what I have to offer them. That's a that's a great uh, that's a great thought. You know, observe something about the person, and of course, be aware of the things that are out there in pop culture. In addition to what you know, you're uh, you're most focused on, or whatever. Uh, of course, there's always you know. Sometimes those moments lead to faux pas. You say, "Oh, you're a fan of that show." No, I took this off a dead body. Uh, this shirt, <laughs> I just needed something to wear. Uh, you know, inevitably there are those moments. Uh, Roland is much more gregarious than I am, and uh, it does much better at uh, I, I think convention booths. Or he did in the past. I guess I'm a little better at it than I used to be. But uh, we would be at tables and. Uh, you know, Roland would be the talker and would, would kind of draw people in. But Roland used to be, come along, have a look. Doesn't cost anything to look. Uh, take a look at our comics. These are our titles. Uh, see if you see if you like something here or whatever. Roland would go to the bathroom or whatever, and uh, somebody will walk up, and I go, hi, have a look. Does it cost anything to look? I get, you know, you're damn right it doesn't cost anything to look. I can look here for free, buddy. And don't. So, so it seems like, uh, you know, if you're not, uh, if you're not uh, an extrovert, it, it's hard to force it, uh, I, I think, but uh, can happen. But just, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Just, just looking up, and it's one of those basics that everybody's, if they're sitting down at their, de- their booth, the desk, and they got their face in their phone, and I don't understand that. If you're there to interact with people, even if you are an introvert, you can say hello. Yeah, uh, you walk by and they don't even look up. I, I 
I'm probably just talking basics. Everybody knows, but I've seen a lot. No, you're, Scott's right. You're, there's the many. I I try to teach teach. I I've, I've done many 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 shows, so I, I try to tell the new folks that uh, when I see them, you know, my friends and stuff, it's like you'll see that they'll have their, you know, I, I brought my little my board here. You'll see them doing like this at the, you know, when they're drawing, right? You know, they're. It's like, no, put that board on the table, draw on the table, let people see what you're doing. When you talk to everybody that walks by, just say hi. You don't have to give them the sales pitch necessarily until they stop. But, you know, somebody walks by, is looking at you, just say hi. How you doing? What's going on? Hey, what's up? That kind of silliness. Just, I'm just a, I, yeah, I'm real silly with them. So that's what I, how I, how I draw people in. I'm just, just, and I draw, but I'm <laughs> real, real fun with them happily when a, you know a, a table a booth uh that that like we were talking about a collaborative panel a, a collaborative booth is great too because you've got uh, people like alex drawing uh hopefully you know someday see michael will be at a table with us and uh when you have yeah. the artists there doing stuff that helps a lot i observed that with silverline um years ago at, at coast con and, and nasa and some of the um you know some of the old cons we we used to all go to but especially Stephen steven butler you know just i think gets up in the morning picks that. up a pencil and starts uh <laughs> starts drawing and so you know steven at the table was always uh exciting to uh to uh yeah. have and certainly yeah. would get people walking up interested curious i think I, I learned that thing about drawing on the table so people can see you rather than drawing like you're at a you know where they can't see what you're doing yeah, they need to see what you're it's up here yeah yeah yeah, it needs yeah. To, you need to even though you may not be used to drawing flat like that but uh, even when i bring my ipad you know and i'm drawing on it i still just leave it flat so people can see what i'm doing if i don't bring a you know an external display so i can point it at them i i try to let them see what you're doing they need to, you know, they need a reason and, to stop. They're interesting. I mean, they're for, they're, they're, well, they're, they're there. Not be specifically <laughs> comics fans, but chances are they are. Well, they came and, to a uh, comic show. You yeah, kind of hope yeah, they'd yeah, be a comic fan yeah. a little bit. What else are yeah. you, why'd you come? If you, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it may be there to meet, uh, you know, the Star Trek. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Whatever, you know, whoever's on hand. I've had people come to my booth dressed as, you know, Captain America and Iron Man. I started going to a picture with them and said, oh, no, I don't like comics. They said, well, you might like this one. Here, let me tell you about this a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. You got no, a like, second? Let me tell you about my, my comic. I feel like that is one, one thing, though. You, you know, why, you know why, why did you just wander in? Why? Yeah. <laughs> well, the fans of the movies, not fans of the comics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that they, is, were, they meant to go to the cheerleading thing going down the, the other <laughs> yeah, convention yeah. hall, and they went into the oh, wrong place. That, that, that is a fact now, though, that the, yeah, the movies, you know, the movies are kind of uh, overshadowing the origin material oh. a lot. And and so many shows are you know un, I, I think kind of unfortunately and I, I'll I'll throw this out I think unfortunately uh, fan uh, science fiction comic fan convention in in general have been influenced by the old baseball card you know pay for the pay for the baseball players autograph uh, mm -hmm. events that that used to happen. And, uh, you know, cons used to be a lot more about panels and uh, the people would be there, but they would be there for panels. And then you would, you know, get an autograph afterwards or whatever. And, you know, now they're photo ops and paid uh, paid autograph uh, situations. And so it's kind of like the that's sports fandom. Too, said. What's that? 
I said, and that's the, where the big bucks are. It is. Yeah. It is. It's and fine. so what winds up happening, a lot yeah. of the folks who may be interested in some of the source material like you were mentioning, they'll go drop a couple hundred dollars for a photo op yeah. and they're wiped out of concash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so there's yeah. fewer that's, opportunities for them to come and mingle with income. us and try out new titles. And that's why I kind of like going to some of the smaller shows or just the uh, store signings more than I do yeah. like going to, uh, you know, like San Diego or Megacon or, you know, some of those big uh, wizard shows or whatever. They're just so, so much for, you know, people to buy. People are buying the stupid mystery box. Oh, I shouldn't have said that over there. You know, people are buying the mystery boxes, yeah. you know, rather than, you know, yeah, it's like. I mean, the problem I have with these smaller shows are. They don't advertise what the shows are ahead of time. They'll say, you know, we're a comic, you know, whatever convention. You go there. Uh, you got to pick. You can make sure you pick <laughs> pick the right yeah. ones. But uh... the problem, like, they, they, there's no way to find out. Like, let's say it's um, most of the conventions, we have to advertise. They'll advertise a comic convention, the photos and lines from comics. You get there. So it's basically a flea market. Yeah, it's a and flea it's market with one, like, so, yeah, WCW wrestler. There was a, yeah, yeah. One 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 retired wrestler or something. True, true. Yeah. I, I, well, uh, certainly, you know, watching for the watching for the, the good cons to, to 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 try to get in at or whatever uh, are uh, are fun. I do enjoy sitting at at at, uh, at booths now, which it used to be in the day when uh, when I was my books were published by Kensington. You kind of had to find somebody a bookseller that had your titles and kind of hang out with them. Now it's a little looser. Often creators have their own tables. And uh, I do, I do love getting to meet people, uh, you know, hanging out at cons and just seeing all the people that come by and seeing all the cosplay at uh, MegaCon a couple of years when I go, when I was there, there was this great Ripley, uh, you know, in like the uh, exoskeleton Walker that she fought the, uh, Fought the uh, xenomorph yeah. in and everything. Probably all cardboard, but just a fabulous contest uh, winning uh, uh, suit. And uh, of course, different uh, uh, Black Panthers and things coming through because Black Panther was hot that year and all that. Uh, but that was a year. And uh, um, uh, Tim, if we've got, we had some great pictures of, uh, of John at cons. Yeah. Uh, if you've got the picture of me at a con, uh, I, I don't got know it, if it will uh, show yeah. up. Um, uh, yeah, uh, to, to the side there, you can see a big uh, glass jar. You can see my books, including Dark Hours and Disciples of the Serpent, uh, available on Amazon. But um, you can also see a big glass jar. What those are are little rubber figures in uh, little gumball-type um, containers. And uh, I, was, uh, I was at this con with a writer named Tom Lucas, and Tom had the idea that we would get these little uh, uh, figures, these little uh, tiny little action figures in gumball containers and have the jar on the table. And what we told people, and they had it had colorful uh, information. It named all of the different characters. Uh, and these are characters that existed solely to be in gumball machines. Uh, you know, so they were not, uh, you know, it wasn't Superman or anything or Batman or any familiar figures, but they, they were colorful and they had identities and everything. And they were like, Occasionally, you would get a special one that was, uh, you know, a unique color or whatever. And so people were interested in them. And we told them, well, here's the deal. These are free, but you have to hear our book pitches before you get to reach in and grab one. 
And that was a great, that was a great little gimmick. We had more people stop and talk and hear about our books and they would buy, they would frequently buy books uh, because they had, you know, talked to us long enough, heard the pitch longer. And I, I think it is a lot easier to, uh, to sell a book at a table talking to people than it is by tweeting a link. Uh, just the, the fact of life. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, anything you can do to get people talking like like John's uh, talking about notice what they're wearing comment on the costume that they're uh, they're wearing uh, anything to rope them in and, uh, Jeremy was I tried something fun recently where um for coloring work I think I mentioned previously where I've been coloring and printing out uh, transparencies you know the colors on transparent paper so I went ahead and got myself a portable light box and I then put that on my table that makes special illustrations of colors just for the convention, which you know, basically characters people know that Mac sell, but something to catch their eye so that they'll stop. And once they stop to look at it, I basically have their attention at that point. That's a great, yeah. Anything that will get the attention, I think, is great. And uh, great, great idea there. And uh, probably nominal expense for that light box and uh, uh, really showcases the work as well. Hey, Sydney. Oh. Yes, yes. You uh, guys, you threw a feel free to out shout there. out. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, see, like you had said, you know, with the panels, work our way in there. <laughs> uh, you had you had said something that actually made me think of a couple things. Um, also, with my table, I try to have different things at different price points for different levels of interest. Um, long story, years ago, I got a tremendous printing deal that I would never be able to get again. Sorry, Tommy, it wasn't Kablam. It was pre-Kablam. Uh, right. It was like newsprint, and it was such a great deal. I knew that I could, you know, make really cheap offers to people to try out the book. So the first five issues of Sniper and Rook make up the first story arc, and I got the first two issues printed so cheaply, inexpensively, that I was able to offer them for a dollar a piece for a 24-page book with pinups, 32-page interiors, and I packaged them together and called it Two Books, Two Bucks. And I always told the people who would come and buy them, hey, if you want to sample the series, $2 investment, can't go wrong with that. If you like it and you want to come back and get the paperback, that's $15, I'll knock 2 bucks off. And you can keep the two books, pass them down to your friends, see if they like it. Um, if they come back to get you know, additional issues, I make them a deal on that too. Um, as you're talking about getting to meet people and know people, um, there is there truly is no greater compliment than when somebody returns to your table saying i just read the first two issues or i read the first two issues last night i need the trade paper back could you hook me up because uh, that means that they really enjoyed it they cared about the characters they liked the art and and enough for them to come back seek you out to get the rest of the story that's pretty cool that's great. And I think, uh, you know, that that's a good point. I think people are open to discovering new things at cons. We're saying, you know, a lot of them are there for the celebs and things. But uh, but, yeah, they are open to finding, mm -hmm. you know, new content and something that's a little different than they're, you know, they're going to find somewhere else. So so that's a, a good thing about being out there uh, at a con. We, and, spoke about, uh, we spoke about cosplayers earlier, if I can uh, interject. Uh, but I feel Please. like there's an unspoken rule that if you uh, take a photo with cosplayers or of cosplayers, co of cosplayers, they have to check out your booth. It's just something snaps and they have to. 
so uh, fine loads. Yeah, uh, I go to Rose City since that is my local uh, Comic Con, and I was there last year. And uh, Critical Role and like other D and D content is huge over here because we're so close to Wizards of the Coast. So uh, Rose City and Emerald City are like fifty percent comics, fifty percent D and D stuff because that's what we got is indie publishers and D and D. So every time we get some Critical Role or D and D cosplayers, I'd always snap a photo of them and. They're like, okay, I'll, I'll see what you got going on. And as they're looking out, I'll ask them <laughs> if they got social tags. I can tag them in when I upload this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, here's this. Um, I guess I'll get this book. Uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, just get a little bit of a quid, quid pro quo. And it, it is a good feeling when they come back. I'm like, actually, I really enjoy this. Do you have the rest of the series? <laughs> Yeah, it hey, is fun. Uh, yeah, it is fun to get your picture to, to to hop up and snap your picture with cosplayers too. And uh, uh, that that I, I love seeing the cosplayers. Dallas Fantasy Fair used to have great uh, contests, and uh, one of my favorites was uh, one year they uh, introduced like whatever it was going to be more than one person as part of the collective, you know, costume uh, entry. And this guy walks out as the Joker. And uh, it's a couple of years after the Keaton Batman had come out. And so, you know, okay, pretty good Joker outfit. Then you hear this machine gun fire and the uh, Joker falls down. And these guys walk out uh, as all of the Dick Tracy villains because the, the Warren Beatty Dick Tracy movie was out that year. And so uh, kind of bait and switch with the Joker replaced by uh, Flat Top and all of these really great uh, really elaborate uh, Dick Tracy costumes. Uh, but yeah, that's a, a good point. They, they will look at your stuff if you, you take your picture. And those great Facebook and social media pictures later. Uh, when I was a kid, one of my entry points to, to comics was uh, the Adam West Batman. I'm that old. And uh, uh, at Megacon a couple of years ago, they had the whole Batman climbing the wall thing set up, which of course it's, it's flat. And then you take the picture and turn it appropriately. But so I got to climb a building with Batman <laughs> and a guy in a great Adam West Batman costume. And so, so <laughs> I was happy to have that just as, you know, re recapturing my, my childhood there. Well, um, one, uh, another thing I thought we would, uh, uh, talk about is, is kind of worst, uh, Worst dealer's room experiences. Anybody? I also got anybody a, had any real negative? Just any conventions, or can we just be vague about that? Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, there was this one convention I went to where they basically put us in a hallway. Um, right across from where the elevators, behind us was the escalators going up, but you can go up on the escalators and down the um, elevators. And it's basically the majority of the artists were in this hallway, and it's a very narrow one. And so basically, with traffic stopped, you couldn't do anything. And at one point in the day, this cosplayer came by with uh, this giant uh, dress. It was one of these characters with a giant dress. And she stopped there for a good five minutes talking to her friends. And no one could get by. So basically, it's five minutes we can't talk to anyone. And it's happened <laughs> that whole day where people just stopped and couldn't do anything. I don't, I don't have a specific uh, experience at a con, but it seems like the trade shows... And I've been to uh, like motorcycle shows and so forth, and I've got a booth set up for my magazine. And you get you get that guy that the talk 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 talk, and he stands right there, yeah. and you you're half paying attention. You got one eye on on this 
chatty Cathy and everybody else is coming along and you, they want, they, they veer in and then around and you, you, the guy doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. You, you engage, you talk, you do your pitch or, or whatever. And then it's just talk, talk, talk. My tactic, and I don't know if it works all the time, but it works for me. I come around the table and I slowly make him or her creep. I, I kind of push him along to the side and then I'll come back around and meet him at the side. So other people can come along to the front of the table and that person's not blocking the entire table, but it always seems like there's, there's not just one. They, but they won't, they're not going to buy anything. They're not going to do it. They just want to talk. And yeah. And you appreciate their enthusiasm, but yeah, ultimately they're bad for business. You want to be polite and you you try to guess, uh uh-huh. And you smile. Oh yeah. But really when it gets to the point that other people are, are, passing you by because this was one person and so that that tactic kind of i come around and and they can stay there and i'll they, so a lot of times they just stand at the side of the table and keep talking and i i keep the conversation going but i can engage other people and it, usually they'll keep talking but I'm they'll keep talking, talking. still <laughs> work talking a little business in I have, yeah and and you know you you do have that gregarious person and then you have the shy fan that wishes they could approach, but the right. gregarious person is talking. Capitalize your time. Eventually I have had them push on up happily, but, but yeah, that will, that, 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 uh, very enthusiastic, uh, uh, uh talker can be a, an issue. And, and said over the, you got the talker who you swear is going to buy something, have it talking. You've seen them reach for the wallet multiple times. Right. Then they just, <laughs> you know, you, you, that's the the guy that's uh, I'm going to come back later and get it. You're it like, becomes, I'm going to come back later. Like coming back. Exactly. Yeah. You're cool. You're cool. The, the, they they worry free, about it. The free thing it goes in the back, the swag bag, and away they go. With the, uh-huh. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. The, uh, now, so, I, I like the uh, you know I, I I really do like the cosplayer folks, but uh, we had a show in Tampa. Um, Barry and I, Barry Gregory and I, uh, what two or three years ago. And it was it was one of the bigger shows and, and that they do in Tampa and and throughout the first day we had a you know one guy was walking guy you know walking by in a uh, in a, a Deadpool outfit but he had a big boombox thing and he was playing it way too loud and he was you know jamming as he was going by and Barry and I were like oh, what's he doing and then he would go by and then eventually you know twenty minutes later he would come by and there'd be two Deadpools walk by. And they're dancing, but and then that happened all day. And then about lunch, there was twenty Deadpool guys came by and they stopped in front of us and they jammed for about twenty minutes. And they were just all dancing and crazy. There was a, there was at least twenty of them. I finally had to get up and go stop. <laughs> I love you guys. Go over there. Go. Get move move. You're great. You love you. Love you. You guys are great. Go. <laughs> and they finally, they finally left. But I mean, finally. I swear it was just one. It's kind of like, guys, yeah, are you going to buy that? Okay, yeah. then, 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 then step No, they on. stopped the whole traffic for about 20 minutes. And there was like 20 of them just going <laughs> at it. And they were all just jamming. It was great. It was great. I wish I had, I, I have a picture of it somewhere. I tried to find it to send to, 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 to for us to watch the, the video, but I couldn't find it. I don't know where it's at. But uh, John, John, I had to run them off. I felt so bad. I'm like, I love you guys. I love you over there. Go yeah. over there. over there. Move I, I had with a placement where my table was. So one comic I was selling was an old ages kids comic. Okay, family friendly. Um, now right across from me is this. Um, again, nothing about you know. I had no complaints about cockpits. Whatever. Just the placement where they played them was a little weird. 
right across from me was this person cosplaying doing an adult soft porn yeah, uh, <laughs> he was doing a live shoot too while selling the calendar. You know, I was sell a little kids comic, so you can see yep. the parents trying to come down with the kids, see that turn around and just walk off. Yeah, that's uh, you always get that one booth right next to you that has the more classically attractive cosplayers, and you're sitting there with the one guy in like the wrestling suit. <laughs> uh, all right, <laughs> yeah, or, or, or you're at one. your table. Yeah, you're at your table, and you. You're trying to sell your own creator own stuff and you know and, and i have worked you know for marvel and dc and done spider-man and stuff and then you have a guy next to you that's never done a comic in their life selling posters and stuff and you get somebody and stop in front of you and they're looking at your stuff and they go spider-man and they run over there and i'm like i actually did spider-man he didn't do spider-man come on back to my table that guy didn't do spider-man you've read my give stuff me, give me a break i uh that's library also i had a table right next to me was the public library so I'm selling a book, and the public library is giving away free books. Oh, you want free right here, and you're trying to Perfect. trying to collect money. I, I have had the um, the kind of the bad hallway work in favor a little bit. Being in a bad spot. Yeah. Well, uh, Spooky Empire a couple of years ago, we were on a hallway, and uh, it was very just a packed Spooky Empire. <laughs> Uh, and Elvira was there in a very long Ooh. line for Elvira. And there was, you know, a lot, there were things tweeted about it. There was a, a Funko uh, Elvira that uh, one pallet of them didn't come in. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> bad when that happened. That was here in town, right? Yeah, that was in Orlando. Yeah, uh, I think I remember that one. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but there was a long line. And so they had to stop for like minutes in front of our table and I wound up selling books while people are standing there waiting in line for something else happily. So, uh, so, uh, so you to can't, get the Elvira doll. You gotta, you gotta buy my book. Gotta, you gotta book. stand here for a while. And, hey, uh, Sydney. Yes. Yes. John. I thought of, so- I thought of something, um, from both sides of the table. Oh, uh, no. so, you know, things that affect when you're a fan and younger kind of can affect how you treat your table later on. Um, as a creator, one of the things that's really probably upsetting to me, most people, is when people who are stopping by and looking by start using our table as oh, their God, backpack. Oh, yes. Yeah, they they'll sit your stuff on your on art. Our oh. books. They sort through their stuff on our books. And, you know, the things get, our books get damaged, our prints get damaged, you know. Yeah, or if you have original wall. art, you know, you get, yes. uh, you know, that, that's, that's a, that's some Spider-Man art that you just sat your, you know, your, <laughs> your yeah, drink yeah. on. Drink you on. know what you just did? Your drippy, oh. your drippy backpack, backpack oh. with the, uh, that's the right. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's here and you go, no, you can't put that there. No, it's almost like you need a sign that says anything put on this table becomes our property that's right you must yeah, buy it will be confiscated yeah, john john uh, is correct that that happens all the time yeah so, so, so that's this here doll. you're like certainly no, you qualifies can't. as as worst uh worst con uh experiences yeah <laughs> well let me thing. let me tell you this part though one time when i was younger well before i was a creator oh, you you did that um, there, you was a, there was a there was a dealer there was a dealer that had like uh the table full of books um and underneath full of boxes of books so I was bending down, going through the bottom boxes, and I found, uh, like, a run of books I was interested in. I picked up the set, and then I brought them up, and I was looking at them on top of the boxes. His books. And he yells at me, like, no, get that off my, uh, get that off my table. Get that off my boxes. I'm like, oh, sorry, sir. So I picked up, like, the handful of stuff, and I'm sorting through them now in my <laughs> arms. 
and he yells at me. He's like, you can't do that here. I'm like, these are your books. He's like, looks at me. He's like, oh, they are? No, you should have like, yeah, said, oh, my bad. There. I'm like, I didn't want to like bend over too much and get dizzy. I'm like, no, these are yours. I'm not being a douche. He's like, oh, I didn't know. Not like it, I'm sorry. So that's kind of carried over with me because I don't want to be the guy on the other side of the table yelling at the other person because uh-huh. I know how that made me feel like totally unwanted. But I totally wasn't in the wrong on that one either. So yeah. you yeah. should have walked off with those books. Yeah, you know, what? <laughs> yeah, just go somewhere else. Too, with but them. I don't have that in me. Let him so. let him figure it out later. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you know it. It does. You know, we're kind of we're we're kind of talking about the bad side here. But yeah, you do want to be a good host. At a, at a table to be certain yep. and I, I think all of I, happily i think everybody here are really really pretty nice at the very yeah, yeah. luckily i've never had like a bad a bad experience on the uh artist side or like um i've never felt like i've been a bad host to people at my table but i have attended what was one of the most depressing conventions um which was a, it was a smaller one back in Orlando in the Fashion Square Mall, which for people listening, if you've never been to it, it's one half of it is great. You got like a theater arcade, Coliseum of Comics, there's an anime shop. The other half is a total graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that was the one side they had the convention on. And uh, <laughs> everything was circling around two escalators. And the whoever's putting on decided to also like give away a car at the same time. So you had everyone backed into these like shut down shop fronts with like the full gating in front of everything and no one had any room so it was all packed in and uh the artist never knew who exactly was at the table who was trying to get by or really what was happening at all with the entire event so like are you here to look at this no no you're, oh, you're them okay that's great uh have a good day uh <laughs> and that was the the entire event just everyone packed into uh a, a graveyard of a mall it's kind of uh, it's kind of unfortunate when those things happen because you know everybody is is somebody set that up to make a little money but also because they they like the content they love yeah. comics and things and so you hate to see things go wrong like that. Yeah. Uh, Sunday afternoons often on a, a at the end of a three day con are often kind of like that. Everything's dragging. Everybody's tired by that point. No one wants and, to uh, it, it, it's kind of kind of the downside. Yeah. Talking about the like the last minutes on Sunday, um, I've had some of my best sales in the last five minutes or when they're announcing cons close, get the heck out. So <laughs> I never pack up my table until I have to because I've had I've had a couple good sales and I'm like I'm gonna hold out just in case. I've seen people pack up hours before, you know, they're like, Oh, it's nothing too good today, I'm gonna leave. I'm like, I'm staying. I, I yeah, try to stick it out to the end too. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. of course, the ones that I'm invited to, you know, I, I feel obligated. You know, yes. I, I should stay. You should. I mean, if somebody, you know, paid your way or you know gave you the Absolutely. table or or even put you up at a hotel or whatever, then then you definitely stay to the to the to the bitter end, and you don't you don't you know excuse me you don't bitch and complain about it. You you do you know you're you're there to draw. You're a draw. You're supposed to help yeah. bring the people into the yeah. show. But you know, you, you don't pack up house. and leave unless you make a deal with the, you know, whoever's brought you in that you go, know, you know, this this Saturday, I for whatever reason I've got to leave an hour early because I yeah. just have yeah. to go. And you go, you know, if you work something out, but otherwise, you know, you should. Yeah, stay. it's good. Yeah, to be a good guest to the, the people that brought you. That's true. And and John's making a good point. Um, 
you know, we were talking about, you know, maybe so much of the, the uh, money they allotted themselves has gone to an autograph or whatever. But also by that point, they know what money they've got left. They know. Yeah, they may be know, willing to. I've got a few bucks. I was going to spend this here. Uh, you know, this is this is not the rent money. This is, yep. <laughs> you know, this I, I had this in my pocket to spend on comics or or, or whatever. And so I'm going to pick it up. So yeah, I remember at Daytona show the, a couple of uh, months ago, somebody bought a whole bunch of comic pages from me right at the end of the show. I was backing up. Oh, that was John. You did that. Yeah. Oh, thanks, John. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. John's not just oh, a man, guy that mans a booth. He's him. also a customer. That's right. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, ask ask Roland anytime. I have earned the title years ago of number one Silverline fan. So when he was relaunching, <laughs> he got in touch with yeah, me. Yeah, you right didn't away. realize like, I still had a, had a bunch of those uh, Demon Tail pages. Some some, some yep. Silverline originals. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Speaking you did. The, um, you got the last of them. Speaking from uh, the I love side of things. Thing. Um, well, guys, uh, you know, we've talked about celebrities and uh, doing, you know, the signatures and all that. But of course, it's fun. I, I do love being and I don't necessarily have to go up and pay for the autograph. I kind of get a kick out of seeing uh, people in the flesh. You know, you go, oh, he's not nearly as big as he looks on TV or, or whatever. But <laughs> I, 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 I do kind of just I, I kind of like just seeing them there dressed down a lot of times. Um but uh, do we have any favorite brushes with celebrities from cons? Because inevitably, there's you know there's lots of cool people there, uh, and lo- lots of people we're fans of. John, I, so this one was awesome. Uh, I want to say it was 2006, maybe 2007. Um, Jeff Loeb, big industry writer, um, his son unfortunately passed away. Um, and DC had done a special issue of Batman Superman and dedicated the money towards, um, I don't know if it was a scholarship or a medical fund uh, for the disease that um, Mr. Loeb's son had. I forget which one it was, but they had all-star artists that were doing the art. Different people did different pages, and then they were raffling off the pages live at Wizard World Chicago. And the person that they had coming out in the audience to pass the pages around, show them, was Erica Durance from Smallville, who played Lois Lane. And she was so charming, and she was so witty, as she's walking around the room showing the art, trying to raise money for a very good cause. And at one point, she, like, had the art, and she kind of run somewhat quickly. And parts of her anatomy kind of bounced (laughs) a little and you know she what just parts? rolled with what it parts? she goes and she goes hey you know what you know she goes if that's going to get some more bids and then she like jumped up and down for a minute it was just so funny because she was like going hey fine cool i'm in it i'm trying to raise money for a uh, a good cause that showed such a kind side to her um i usually do not pay for photos with autographs several years later she was at another show and i waited in line to do a, a photo with her i was like you are just an awesome human being. That was a nice conversation. Nice. Um, the other brush, I'm, I'm usually the one taking photos, so I don't have any picture proof of this. Uh, but it was another Wizard Chicago setting up on one of the early mornings. I want to say it was a Sunday. Neil Adams walks by and just starts talking to us. And we're like, this is awesome. you know. And there were like eight of us at the table. And then he's like, okay, 
picture time. And like, we didn't even have to ask. He's just like, picture time. <laughs> of course, I'm the one who took the picture. So I'm not in the picture. I'm not saying, well, you could Photoshop me in. That'd be great. But uh, that was just so cool of him. It's like, wow, industry icon, just walking around, stop by to talk to us, and then just offered for photos. So Everybody cool. say Raza Ghoul. Let's see. On YouTube, John Rowe said that he ran into uh, Lou Ferrigno at a con. Ah, Ooh, literally. That'd be a big... I, I, I remember it was a, a show where he was uh, Barry and I, another show that Barry and I did, that we were uh, Barry going down the, the uh, co-owner of yeah, Kablam, the co-owner of Kablam, uh, Barry Gregory. For the show purposes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, Barry Gregory. We uh, we were coming down the elevator and we were looking, and Lou Ferrigno was sitting in the in the the little the breakfast area all by himself, just eating. And we were like, we ought to go sit with him. He's just all by himself sitting over there. All by it's so fun. <laughs> So, um, Thomas, uh, I, I had breakfast two tables down from Lou Ferrigno one day. He was oh. not alone, so I did not approach him. But I'm like, no, the guy, he's, he, he's oh, still a big boy, Lou too. Ferrigno. I mean, he's, he's and, still, and, like, he's an still English muffin. Um, <laughs> so. I'm lucky enough to, uh, we get invited to a show in Pensacola called Pensacon. Uh, weird name for a show in Pensacola. Show. Yeah. And, and they have a, when, when you get invited to, to that show as a, as a, when the show invites you and you're 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 a, a guest of the show, not just buying a booth and that kind of thing, you're a guest of the show. You get to go down to the green room, and that show uh, has a lot of um, celebrities that they they get to come to that show. Way a lot more than you would think for the 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 area that they've got it in, but it, it's a pretty big show. But the, I remember the oh, godly it was I think the first or second time that I went to the show, went down into the green room. And I walk in, and the first thing I do is I, I walk by Worf as he's standing there, and I'm like, "That's Worf." As I'm walking, <laughs> and I walk in, I walk into the to the green room, and I turn around, and and her was standing there, and a bunch of the Harry Potter people were in there, and a bunch of the Buffy people were standing off to the corner, and I kind of I kind of started shaking, and I walked over, and I and I grabbed my food, and I stopped in the middle room, and I go, "I love you guys," and I just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I was so uh, that was that was so cool to be in a room with all those guys. It was just uh, the fun. They all started laughing their asses at me. But uh, um, my my story is my brush with with celebrity is uh, uh, N- Nichelle Nichols uh, Ahura. This was yeah. at Nick City Con, and I think 2016. Uh, William Shatner was there. She was there, and there's some others. Uh, Stranger Things cast, and I was just hanging out at my buddy Dan's table. He's got a comic called file 13 and um, he had gone off to the bathroom or something like that. I was just standing there and Michelle Nichols is, is older and she's in a wheelchair and she has an, an, an assistant and she just kind of wheeled her in front of my, in front of the table. I, I was surprised. Oh, this is, it's a hoorah. And uh-huh. I stood there for a second. It was just very awkward. Just, I was all kinds of awkward. And I just said, hi. There you go. <laughs> and she, she said, yeah. Hello. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you did. That's what and I, I was did. about to say something, and then her assistant came up and just wheeled her away. And I was, I, that was the awkwardest. <laughs> and you just, you just stared straight and went like, "Oh, that is so cool." Yeah, she said, "You know, it was kind of a bless your heart moment." This, <laughs> yep. but at the same show, I got to meet um, Bob Layton, and I'm a big Iron Man fan, and I oh, have a, cool. I have the poster with all the suits, you know, and, and Iron Man, you know, doing the, he's running. Um, and he signed that for me. He, he chatted with me for a while. Didn't you know? We didn't 
charge me. I had the poster. And so, well, I, I knew he was there. So I brought the poster. It's not like I walk around with my Bob Layton poster. Um, yeah. But yeah, he signed. He was cool. So that, that's my, that's, that's my celebrity story. I, I, I've got one more funny. You mentioned wheelchairs. Let me tell you this real quick and then I won't mention anymore. At, at a show here in Orlando, uh, we were at the, the table and, and uh, the Firefly, uh, what, Nathan, Nathan Fillion, Nathan right? Fillion. Yeah, he, he was making announcements over, over the thing. And then all of a sudden, you heard an announcement of something like, uh, be careful, Nathan, uh, Nathan, Nathan's running around, Nathan's running around. And then all of a sudden, he comes whipping by. He stole somebody's electric wheelchair. And he comes <laughs> flying by the, the, the thing. <laughs> The aisle in front of us. And then he came back the other way and he was just screaming and hollering and he stopped in front of us and he told us hello and then he just took off. Right it was the funniest thing. That was the craziest yeah, awesome. thing. Love that guy. I go to conventions. I do actually a lot of times go for autographs and such. And if that's an interesting um, back and forth from the people I'm getting autographs from, because what I do is I collect style guys and press kits. And so these are things people don't normally take to get signed. And these are things people working in production don't normally see themselves. So I've had a lot of people who, like, um, New York Comic Con for the last couple of years, I keep bringing all these Hanna-Barbera and Cartoon Network style guys with me because they have Tom Cook, one of these old um, Hanna-Barbera animators and Simpsons animators there at the show or the booth. And every year I bring it to him, every time, every time he sees me, he's got the point where he sees me on site coming towards him, and you see him sort of, like, get a little nervous because apparently – he is getting so jealous of every style that I bring him yeah. every year. He bring him more and more, and he keeps getting more and more jealous. Actually, at the point where he gave me his business card, so I can, so now whenever I see one for sale, I can go ahead and email him and say, "Hey, are you interested? I'll sell you this." <laughs> <laughs> I basically have his own shop dealer now. <laughs> my my yeah, uh, uh, press kits. You're right. They go they go out to the media. They don't go to the people with the uh, no with the production. Wait, I got a lot of fun. Like um, I just one press kit for the Kids WB Network. I began all the voice actors signed for. One of my favorite ones was a Phil Lamar, um, the voice of Stack Shock. And, um, basically, yep. I took it to a convention, and as soon as he sees it, you know, he takes it, starts flipping through it, and he takes out his cell phone, starts taking pictures. He was just so excited to see it. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I guess I, I will tell my favorite, and it, it, you know, I didn't meet him or anything, I never met him, uh, interestingly. But uh, they used to have, uh, speaking of Sunday nights, uh, at the end of a con, they used to have the dead dog party for the, uh, the last people that were still hanging around. And this would have been a world fantasy convention, I think, that, that I was at. And there was the dead dog party was going on in the uh, suite, you know, a hotel suite. Uh, so, you know, common area, but very packed, very hot. And a writer named Wayne Allen Salee or Sally and I were uh, a good friend of mine. And we were sitting on the floor. That was the only place to sit. And uh, people were just packed in and again, hot, humid, because there's so many people in there. And, uh, and Robert Block right, walks in with his wife, the, uh, the creator of Psycho. And uh, mm -hmm. Wayne had been on a panel with him at some point. But it was just, you know, totally awe you know, inspiring to, to see him walk in, uh, having read his work. And of course, you know, he created this, at least the book that became one of the most iconic movies of all time. And it's one of those moments where you're thinking Robert Block is right there. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it just, uh, it is, it is amazing. 
and uh, I regret now because he used to be in a lot of con at a, a lot of cons and I never got anything autographed by him uh, that brings me to uh, uh, another oh, question uh, what's your yeah I was unsure uh, last year at Rose City uh, we had uh, Paulie Shore was one of the featured guests and uh, uh, as you would imagine Paulie Shore I'm guessing he um, uh, hit a little something beforehand just walking around very relaxed <laughs> with his uh with his crew and uh so he just comes up and uh super just vibing and he comes up to her table and he's just pe- like leafing through things like just, do, do we pitch Polly shore on these what what's the etiquette when you're dealing with Polly shore uh, and he's like that's ah, super cool man yeah he just walks off I'm like what just happened <laughs> <laughs> kind of surreal yeah uh uh, yeah, Polly Shore from uh, MTV back in the day, huh? and and many movies as well. Biodome, Biodome, I, Biodome. I thought Bio-dome. about that. Bio-dome. Yeah. Um, well, what is uh, guys uh, again on the fan side of things? I guess uh, fan side of the table. What's your favorite autograph that you have? I, my only is Bob Layton. That's my that's the one. So cool, cool. I, I have mostly uh, music autographs than I do comics. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have a uh, a collected uh, uh, set of the Spirit signed by Will Eisner. I was able to oh, uh, nice. to get that in, uh, uh, down at Dallas Fantasy Fair back in the day. And there was a guy uh, in front of me, and he had like a million things that he was getting. Yeah, I mean, you know, somehow they weren't limiting how many things you could take up. So he had. Or if they had a rule, he was violating it. And he had like tons of stuff and it was in plastic sleeves and everything, you know, and he's it probably, you know, was going to go sell it or whatever. But uh, uh, he realized that I was behind him and I had one item. He goes, hey, man, go ahead and get that signed. And so stepped up, got uh, got Will Eisner to sign, uh, sign the collected work. And uh, uh, it was fun to uh, to have. And I. I have, we can't see it from the camera, but I have a picture of the spirit on my wall. And uh, for uh, for many ages, I had a little picture of, I had that in my office when I was in marketing and had a little picture of Will Eisner because I've always loved the spirit and uh, something big. We're, sw- we're switching uh, over to Tommy, I think, uh, to see some of Tommy's uh, inking going on. Uh, but yeah, there I'm is sure going to be again. We're not talking a lot about something big, but there is there is going to be a little homage to the spirit in uh, in uh, in that piece because uh, it's it's a it's such a noir piece. You can't you can't not uh, tip the hat to the spirit. Uh, My favorite thing I signed was one was this thing here, a style guide for Pokemon. Ah. I got a whole list of the voice actors signing the inside. Then this cool, is the um, cool. press kit I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I got the cover and inside too. I used to be, and I, I kind of various moves have taken them away from me, but uh, I used to uh, be a newspaper reporter and I, I, I covered entertainment. And so I have a bunch, or used to have a bunch of those. I, and I had uh, Silence of the Lambs uh, movie press kit, which was a, a cool one to have. Somewhere I've got a pen. That used to be a cool thing that would happen at cons is all the buttons for all the current movies would be lying around. Uh, nice one. Nice one there that Jeremy's got. Uh, some inks coming up from uh, from Tommy now. Uh, is this Trump's also Tommy? This is a piece that Alex drew. It's the uh, oh. big pinup oh. of, of everybody. Oh, okay. It's the uh, 
the uh, oh. do we have a name for that yet? The shared silver line universe, John. Uh, we call it everybody. No, I don't know what the <laughs> in, silver line verse or whatever. Uh, in, but so in time, yeah. There's there's a plan for that. Uh, just need to confirm it with Roland to see that he's still on board with it. Yeah. Well, anyway, so. great great piece of work. We have seen the pencil uh, pencil version of this on uh, previous Silverline lives, so it's kind of nice to see uh, this next stage taking place. Uh, Tommy's got the blue lines, of course, set up here, and uh, is really making the uh, the various Silverline characters pop. But uh, it is interesting. We do have uh, you know so many characters in the Silverline uh, under the Silverline umbrella. We'll say until the the uh, the official branding is uh, is decided. Do we want to try to go through a roll call of the characters? Oh Lord, I don't know if we can. <laughs> uh, can uh, can try to identify. We can see that uh, uh, Mouse is fully inked there, and Demon is taking. Uh, I'm just kind of jumping around. This is the uh, first thing I slide over and show though the great the fun stuff going on with Demon's tail there, <laughs> tails, uh, kind of Demon's tails, kind of menacing. Uh, <laughs> or, so, yep. uh, being noticed by some of the other characters. Uh, Brent Larson could not would would have been with us tonight, and if we can scroll over a little bit, we can see the bearded yeah. gentleman on the right there is Kalis, I believe. Scott uh, from Kalis, yeah. Yeah, and from Kalis, yeah. And uh, so uh, Brent, <laughs> yeah. Brent would have been with us if he could. Uh, Peter Mantis, one of my characters, is on there somewhere. He's uh, he's above Twilight Grimm, so it's like. Uh... Right there. Yeah, there's there's yeah. Mantis on the right, the other bearded gentleman on the right. And okay, and uh my character Kirk Connell in the sunshades there is uh, uh visible. Uh he is um the marauder. <laughs> that that's Maruder, right? Maruder, yeah. As Becca was originally saying, yes. Chase uh, said, yeah. I remember I remember pre-ordering that book originally because of the Stephen Butler cover. Yeah, and uh, that look, that look for Kirk Connell is based on the Stephen Butler cover. I believe yep. Alex can speak to that. But um, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, from, I, I don't from know the, who this who that, is that, this that guy great right here. Marauder number one cover. He's from uh, Scarebook. That's I believe that's Phil. Oh, is that Scarebook? Phil? Yeah. yeah, cool, Phil. Okay, I didn't realize Phil was on there. So great. Well, and we've been we've been seeing some uh, seeing some uh, iterations of uh, Phil Phil Chandler, private investigator, from um, something big that uh, C. Michael Lanning is working on has been working on tonight. So I did not realize Phil was on there. So and then the lady from Scrapebooks right above him. That's a uh, yeah, a crimson. Uh, yep. A cursed, a cursed soul. So cool. She's smiling. Then, uh, the Happy to see from... them there. Roland and I were talking about how to uh, to fit <laughs> the scary book universe and the something big universe into the into Silverline, and and uh, we, I think we arrived at some ideas. So, so who's the character with the big uh, club on his chest? The one that's right here. Uh, that's one of the Trump's characters. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure what the names of the. The characters are the characters. Are. I, uh, that's a, that's it's been just interesting. It, it's something that I want to do at some point. Is we have a, a, a writer artist crossover panel where the artists tell us what we, you know, they wish we would tell them in scripts and and vice versa. But uh, um, 
we were, uh, there was a, a detail because um, something big is going to be a mystery. There are a lot of details that are important. Um, and uh, uh, we were uh, actually having some discussions between C. Michael and, uh, and Becca and myself this week because, uh, you know, many things in the background are um, incidental in a comic, books and different things. And there was something that really needed to pop. And uh, Becca put up the, uh, the inked, um, the inked uh, version. And I go, can you retweak this? Because we really need to see this, this fact here. And, uh, you know, she, she didn't realize it. And uh, it was, you know, one step removed by the time it gets to the inker. Like you're saying, Tommy, you don't know all of the characters. You're bringing these guys to life, but you don't necessarily know uh, sometimes the important plot details and things like that. And so, uh, I said, you know, I'm going to send up flares about anything that uh, needs clarification from here on. And I'm not sure who this us, guy is. I gotta say, you Facebook draw an amazing demo. Uh, amazing who? Oh, just in detail. Huh. Just, just the you've nailed the character. His look, his attitude, the nature of him. Uh, and so, right now, you're showing a silver dollar from the original Silver Storm and Silver Storm Volume Two. Um, plans in the works for him and then next to him where we see her hair yeah is the ipad saving Tempest. so i can't move it yeah there it goes stay on target yeah <laughs> stay on target yep there's good old tempest the one that's and then here. yeah that's crazy yep, right there there's your guy that's, and uh, then down below tempest Yep, and down below Tempest is going to be her gal pal, Rook. And Sniper to her, well, my left, left of the screen. In front of Sniper, we have, with the skeleton motif, Ripper. Big plans coming up for him. Big, big, big plans. Cool. And then, uh, Sid, do you want to introduce the young lady with the hat since you had a role in her? Uh, that's actually not that. Well, that's Divinity um, mm-hmm. from uh, from Barb uh, Kalberg's uh, creator-owned title and uh, uh, co-written with R.A. Jones. Uh, but Divinity is a, a young lady, and and happily, the very successful uh, Kickstarter is uh, is about to uh, the results of that are about to put the Divinity first issue into people's hands. Uh, but Divinity is uh, the story of the young lady there who um, is um, uh, blessed or cursed with the ability to touch people and heal them. And uh, when she uh, develops this ability, a lot of people, including a, an evil cabal, want to uh, reach out to her. And so she, ha- she and her brother, a Marine, uh, have to uh, flee uh, from all of these people. And so, yeah, great, uh, great iteration of divinity uh, present there. We also have someone from the upcoming uh, Kickstarter. Uh, we have a uh, character from the uh, Fry Rush book on uh, right above Demon. Uh, is that is Seraph uh, present here or? 
Uh, it's the the, the oh, writer main character. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake McGlover. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They, okay. Yeah. That's Jake. Uh, Jake so McGlover, uh, who is actually the uh, Friar Rush, will unfold from the memoirs of Jake McGlover, a young New Orleans journalist, when the story uh, unfolds, and that will be uh, that will be part of the Kickstarter project coming up uh, in July. Uh, Friar Rush is a medieval demon but he is unleashed by a hacker on contemporary New Orleans. And, uh, and uh, Jake, who is a failed seminarian and now reporter, uh, is the guy that realizes there's a demon present and has uh, nefarious uh, plans for uh, uh, a rock concert from hell that will take place in, in, in New Orleans. So, so many, many, many cool characters there. Who's this? Front and center. We've got that's champion. Tiny. <laughs> oh, oh, tiny in the corner. Yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then front and center, we have champion, originally dubbed by the media, Chicago champion, a firefighter that was saving people anonymously from a building, um, did not seek out glory or fame, but did find his way into some superheroics against uh, his bigger plans. Tommy was anchor on Demon's Tales, which yep. co-starred Champion. Uh, we will be seeing Champion again. Uh, Sniper and Rook have both met Champion at different occasions, and we're totally both psyched to uh, really meet the guy that inspired a lot of the uh, original Silverline heroes uh, from their character's perspective. So, cool. yeah, important guy that. Very cool, very cool. Well, guys, we're we're uh, we're uh, been on a while. I had one other question, and it's kind of a speculative question. Uh, so, and since comic books are essentially speculative fiction, I guess a speculative question is is uh, is worthwhile. Uh, what do you think? It's hard to see right now, but what do you think the the future of cons uh, is going to be? We certainly can't go to many right now. Um, we don't know what the future holds with COVID. Do you think? Uh, do you think cons will live on? Anyone? Uh, they'll come back. Uh, people may be uh, a little more cautious about shaking hands for a bit. Um, mm -hmm. uh, already shaking hands is kind of getting uh, uh, passe after the uh, popularization of Howie Mandel. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm going to a digital con this weekend so i'm actually going to be at home uh from tomorrow until monday uh at a digital conference uh in uh online comment sections i i think that it'll rise in popularity but i don't think anything will really replace the uh I, the experience of actually meeting people in person and being able to buy a physical object in a convention hall but uh, I, I think the way that uh I mean, health procedures in business are already changing, so I imagine health procedures in conventions will probably adjust a little bit as well going forward. Yeah, a couple are going on, I believe. You yeah. know, it's just it, it's like anything. There's not a concerted, a coordinated effort, so everybody's yeah. doing the best they can. Uh, and a couple are going on, and um, you know, they're cleaning as well as they can. They're, I'm sure, doing distancing and everything. And many, 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 many have been canceled into to next year. I mean, the way I see it is, this is really just a temporary thing. Yeah. I mean, it's basically until, you know, 
something like you know, a vaccine, whatever is made, and it might be a year after that. But at some point, there are going to be conventions again, and things will go back to how they were. It's a matter of the time before that happens is when the adjustments have to be made in between. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I've got a theory. You want me to tell you my theory? Of course. Absolutely. I, I got a, a crazy theory. I've been saying because I, I we live in I live in Orlando, and and I a lot of the well, the main reason I moved to Orlando is for Disney and the Universal and all that kind of stuff. So uh, my wife does work for Disney, and I've I've been telling everybody that would uh, that would listen. You know, the comic conventions are really similar to the 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 disney parks and everything it's 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 where uh, you know the only way that these places can exist the conventions and disney parks is you you know tons of people right if there's not a ton of people these things don't exist and you know i've been really worried about what would you know the parks were going to do what the conventions were going to do uh kablam you know mostly deals with printing stuff for conventions so that directly deals with me also um, and so we've been, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. But, you know, this, uh, this week universal opened and Ooh. universal studios opened. And if you go on YouTube and watch some of the videos, um, they're doing a really, really good job at making it work. I was, I had told everybody, I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to go to the parks. It's just too, too nuts, you know, with all this going on, wearing masks and stuff. But if you watch these videos, um, you know, they're making a really good effort to try to keep things clean. You know, they're going around cleaning stuff after people, making people put gel on, making people wear their masks, even if the masks don't even do anything. You know, who knows, right? We don't know. Yeah, we keep, we keep uh, getting conflicting details. Yeah, you get, you get crazy details. You know, you don't know. But, you know, people are wearing their masks. They're doing what they're supposed to do. You know, so as long as you, you know, you, you're wearing your mask and you're, you're you know, you're, you're doing your social distancing stuff. Um, there's going to be a huge convention next, or no, it's this month, sometime this month in, in Tampa. Um, you know, it's not going to be to the capacity of what they were going to do, but uh, they're still doing it. And uh, Disney is actually opening next month. Um, um, I think unless uh, something really goes bad. Now, I know that the, 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 the spike of people getting sick spike has jumped back up, but you can only expect that being that they're testing more. Yeah. And, you know, and more people are getting out and there's dummies and, you know, not doing what they're supposed to do. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be sooner than than later. So yeah. that, I'm just that's just my it's kind of hopeful. My, my but thing. yeah, maybe maybe that's the case. And, and certainly I think I think reasonable people are prepared to take a, a precautions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready to, to go. I'm going to do gonna, right. Yeah. If, if people people are clamoring for it now. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just, yeah. there's so much pent up. <laughs> they yeah. want, a, they want something. A, a, you just got to make sure they were you know, not doing stupid things. Indeed. We want, we might not have those long lines in front of our booths anymore, right. but, uh, and you know, certainly we, we may be talking to people standing a few, uh, a few paces sure. back. Uh, but hopefully we'll we'll be able to do some of those things in, in a safe way. Some might argue that you know, we should have been, my answer. Oh. My answer that I was going to give before we even got into the COVID world part of it, um, futures for cons, I see a lot more small and medium-sized conventions. Yeah, those are easier to do. In Way easier to do. Yeah, they're easier to do. And those are the ones that really feel like conventions of old, 
where you can talk to the creators, where you can hang out with them, you could learn from them. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have turned, you know, for better or for worse, they've turned more into media conventions that have some comics. Um, but if you really kind of want that feel of the comic cons of old, the small and medium size, that's really where it's going to be at. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, some might argue we should have implemented uh, social distancing uh, earlier because I have never been sicker than convention crud. Oh, yeah, that means that, that's a thing. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah, people here, yeah. you know, how many big conventions that you go to, and then at the end of it, you got a week worth of uh, getting over a cold. You just feel yeah. like you're dying. Well, I, have, I, I, I was I was always, I, I've always, uh, you know, in in my my later years, have, have always been careful to wash my hands a lot at cons. Oh, I bring, I always brought gel yeah. to shows. I mean, it was, yeah. it embarrassed my wife that, that, you know, I'd sit there and I'd still fist bump and hold it. And as soon as that person walked up, like, yeah. and they're like, she's like, but, Tommy, they can see you do that. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to get to clean my hands. What do you want? Yeah, I really uh, hate having colds. So I was before oh, COVID. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I was, uh, washing my hands a lot on facebook nita taylor landing says uh i want autographed arts hold up an image you want signed six feet away from me and let the magic happen just <laughs> start your autograph That's what we need uh instead of uh instead of traditional signing pens we need like laser pens that will let us sign. you can sign across the room yeah yeah, yeah. so uh we, we need r&d uh put silver line r&d to work on that and uh, come up with the laser pins. Well, guys, uh, we're getting close to 11 here. Uh, we started oh a little late, uh, but uh, still, uh, uh, we've had a nice chat, I think, and uh, hopefully come up with some meaningful uh, ideas uh, about convention life and, and returning, hopefully, to returning to convention life uh, at some point down the road. And I think there is no substitute for being uh, out there and, and meeting people and talking about your work and um, pitching your work and having the elevator pitch, as John was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Well, um, our next show will be Sunday night at 9 Eastern and um, much earlier on the West Coast. And uh, Roland will be hosting with a different group of uh, Silverline creators then. And uh, it will get a whole different, we'll continue with this topic a bit, but get a whole different set of ideas and uh, a different set of Silverline faces. There are now about as many Silverline creators or more than we are seeing characters on Alex's uh, work yeah. that, that <laughs> he's inking right now. So uh, so a whole nother stable on uh, on Sunday night. So we hope you will with us we hope you will if you're watching us on youtube we hope you will subscribe to the silver line channel and uh whatever social media presence you have if you will share uh so silver line uh, silver lines presence with your friends uh your uh, friends who are comics fans interested in indie comics uh we would deeply uh, appreciate that uh, if you have not found us on facebook we have a a Facebook presence and a Facebook group. Uh, we are on Twitch. If you're watching us anywhere else and you like Twitch, you can find us there. Uh, and uh, there will be links to each of the people here uh, on uh, on uh, the various pages where you will find us. But we will sign off by letting everybody tell us uh, where they can be found online. Uh, Tommy, I will, I'll, I'll do the shout outs and uh, 
you tell us your uh, your your social media presence or your website or whatever. Uh, well, like we said, my name is uh, Thomas Flormonti. Let me duck. There you go. You can see it. It uh, everything is at infernostudios.com, but just just look for Flormonti. I'm the only one. Um, uh, if there's another one, let me know so I can uh, see who my cousins are that I don't know exist. There can only be but, one. Uh, there's only one. But uh, yeah, it's just Facebook, YouTube. I'm on uh, TikTok. I've got six followers now. I need a seventh, so it's Tommy Don't TikTok. So if you want to go there, um, I'm supposed to be doing a dance since the uh, Kickstarter did uh, yeah. six, uh, seven thousand bucks. So I'm supposed to do a pole dance. I think that was kind of the off menu. Uh, that was the yeah. off menu stretch goal. Uh, yeah, Tommy pole so that's what I got to do that one now. So I, maybe I'll try hidden, to do that this weekend. Menu. That was but, a hidden uh, menu item. That's right. But. Uh, um, yeah, Floramonte, F L O R I M O N T E. Look me up. Do it. And Scott, uh, do you have a presence you want to share, pitch? Uh, I do. First, a uh, shout out to John Rowe. He's been commenting on the YouTube side. Uh, he's a big supporter of Steam Patriots from the beginning, and he just sent me a good chunk of change. So nice. Uh, I think he'll. His I think his likeness will maybe be drawn into the story or something like that. You also uh, got you know. uh, Steampatriots.com is camped somewhere or what do they call it parked i don't have that so don't go there uh we're on steam patriots is on facebook and at steam patriots is on instagram and i try to keep up with that as best i can and uh at mims mac art if you go you'll see the artist david mims is our artist he's been doing a great job and so we're getting close to having all of the pages uh penciled and inked and then uh colored by dan hosick who has his comic book file 13. And cool. Scott, you got a second shout out on YouTube by Roll Airships. He says, Scott has oh. the best beard. So <laughs> now we have a new uh, Silverline rivalry where we have to get yeah. Brent out here. And, he's, uh, got, he's got the yeah. <laughs> best facial hair, best Silverline uh, facial hair. Uh, I'm, I'm, God, I can't grow inside, one, so y'all are, y'all are going to win. Inside Secret, Royal Airships is Rory Boyle. He's my co-creator. Uh, he's my a Steam nice. Patriots co-creator, and uh, uh, so thanks, Rory. Love you. He's a big, big, uh, big supporter of the stream as well. Yeah, so he's, great. he's awesome. Yeah. Well, a- Alex is muted and drawing, but Alex, can you? Uh, <laughs> can you? Uh, he doesn't know. Uh, give us a sticky oh, note yes. or speak. Uh, <laughs> so, my Instagram is Alex Gallimore two. Uh, it's A L E X G A L L I M O R E two. Uh, Twitter is the same thing, but 25. And then my Facebook is just my name. I don't have a TikTok because I don't like TikToks. Um, And yeah, so really just go to my Instagram. That's where I post everything, uh, where I post the most, I guess I should say. Cool. Uh, Alex Gallimore again. Search search that if uh, you didn't remember the name, the the, the particulars there. Uh, Jeremy? Uh, You can find me at Jeremy M. Con on Twitter. And I have a YouTube page, um, AP, AP Joy Paint is the name of that. And I upload our coloring videos to that. Cool, cool. Uh, see Michael Lanning. Uh, I think the best place to find me is the uh, artist C. Michael Lanning on Facebook. Or just look up my name. And uh, I have a Twitter and Instagram, but that's probably the best place to find me. Okay. And you'll, you'll see some great art uh, examples there. So, uh, Tim? Uh, I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tim TK Writer. Uh, look for kind of a, a CPYK uh, image of myself from like years ago. 
I'm also on Twitch at AgroBacon, where I'll be live later tonight. And I'm on TikTok at Tim Doesn't TikTok, where I need to make more content, maybe some dramatic readings of stuff. I don't know. I've been told to voice act more. Our pole dancing is fun. Yeah, I can also do that. I'll I'll give a shot. (laughs) And uh, John, Um, you can find me on Facebook (laughs) at John Medic the Third, spelled just like it is on the screen right now. Um, As you guys talked about juniors earlier today, as we started, we'll do an outro. Um, There is John Medic the Fourth, so I've got a 15 year old boy. Uh, He's more on the Insta and the TikTok, and I don't TikTok. Uh, I will not TikTok, but I'm also on Insta. Facebook, you could find me, John Medic. You could also find facebook.com front slash beta three comics. That's where you can find out things about Sniper and Rook, Sight and Scope, Ripper, and some of the other characters. Uh, and you could also find me on Insta or other social media, usually under the name Cylon0011, uh, Balsar Galactica fan from back in the day. So C Y L O N 0011 is my handle on most things. Oh, cool. All right, well, look everybody up, and I am Sydney Williams. My website is SidIsAlive.com. Sid is alive, three uh, words all together, dot yes, com. Yes, he is. And uh, I am also at Sydney underscore Williams on Twitter, and you can find me at Sydney Williams Books on Facebook uh, and, and most other places. So, uh, so just look for me. You can even buy me a cup of coffee uh, online. So uh, if, if you are so... Uh, if you are so uh, inclined, I do uh, provide editing services on Fiverr as well. So you can find me uh, there as well. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you. If you're watching us later on demand in, in, in delayed time and uh, remember silver line live again, Sunday night, 9 PM Eastern time with Roland man hosting and good night. Good night, and everybody. Join the uh, silver line Facebook group everyone. and let us know who you think has the best beard. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm not working weird. on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Silverline podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.